This episode is sponsored by Pearson Instruments. Brad Pearson is a luthier and guitar tech based in South Vancouver in the Marpole neighborhood. He's also a bassist who plays in the jazz scene and is a big supporter of local music in general. Take your string instruments to Brad to get them sounding beautiful and feeling great. Brad is always quick to turn around repair jobs and will put in all the work your instrument needs. Go to pearsoninstruments.ca to learn more about Brad and what he does. That's pearsoninstruments.ca to learn more. Thanks to Brad for sponsoring the show. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and on this episode we are speaking with Christy Lee Adet, Sophie Heppel, and Jen Foster of the band Wrong. Wrong are a three-piece punk group featured on the local Kinda Cool Records roster alongside past guests Invasives, You Big Idiot, and The Fomites. Their recently released debut record, Worst, sees the group expand and refine their fiery, riff-driven rock sound. Before we chat with the group, let's take a listen to the first track off of Worst. This is Same Team. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Very happy to have you here. Uh, before we get into the interview, just want to do a quick round of introductions just so listeners know who I'm talking to. All right. Uh, my name is Christy Lee. I, or Christy Lee Odette, and I sing and play guitar in a rock band called Wrong. My name is Jen Foster. Um, people also call me Potato, and I play drums and sing backups. In a rock band called Wrong. <laughs> My name is Sophie Heppel, and I play the bass and sing a little bit of harmonies in the rock band called Wrong. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> Practicing. I'm inspired by James already. You've got <laughs> quite that... Podcast radio voice. It's radio I, voice. My my whole thing though is I try not to be super hokey. I don't want to do like, the morning DJ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Call in third caller gets tickets to <laughs> Thunderdome. Like or... Glass. Yep. Yeah. yeah I... <laughs> Although we did do a radio interview a few months ago, and Christy just had a whole bag of tricks, just like slide whistles and whoopee cushions. I just wanted to bring and... that radio show energy because it yeah. wasn't your Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed appropriate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. And spoiler, I did not bring a puppet this time. That also happened. But uh, I may Chuck's or may not be asking about a puppet <laughs> at some point in this interview, so we'll talk about the puppet. You didn't think you brought him, but he's going to show up at yeah. some yeah. point. We're going to hear possessed. a knock on the door, and it's just like, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you uh, currently listening to these days? I'm always curious as to what people have on like their Spotify or streaming service or whatever. Our favorite, so Jen and I are, are a couple, bass and drums, couple in rhythm section, couple in life. Um, and what's been playing in our car right now is what's that song? Let me into your let me in pop, let me into your pop. Oh, Emil and the Sniffer. Yes. 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 So good. So good. And also, there's a super cool Irish band I randomly came across. They're called the Sprints. I'm Sprints. Digging them a lot. And also, for the last couple of years, I feel like one of my favorite bands are from Seattle. They're called Deep Sea Diver. And they're totally bitching, and I love it. That sounds totally fantastic. Yeah, what about you, Christy? I really love film scores. <laughs> so I have picked up this uh, Ennio Morricone double disc Ooh. that's all is like darker, weird, synthy kind of experimentally stuff that's been super cool. Uh, and this other record by Dick Hyman that's just all this, again, like 60s organ music from movies. Touring with Christy... <laughs> And also, especially with Byron from Invasives in the car as well, is He's our driver is our who is our driver. <laughs> it's always really interesting because I don't know. It's like oh, you're a rock band or you're you're a punk band. It's like all you listen is you just listen to one style of music. It's it is <laughs> nutty. It was an epic. Dive. It was such a journey <laughs> of like 
polka and classical <laughs> music, and then all of a sudden, like really low key singer songwriter, like Amy Mann. He loves and Amy Mann. Yes, that's, that's a, a that's Magnolia a soundtrack, one. isn't it? Wasn't isn't I'm that not how sure. Amy Mann? But anyway, just and like a few rock and roll ditties here and there. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah, it was a wide array. I was very impressed. We didn't even we don't even need to speak in the car. Yeah. <laughs> we prefer not to. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, touching back on your film scores, we had a band outing to Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. Oh yes, that's a big. I have that CD. Oh no, but I think I have the version that you don't approve of. <laughs> yeah. There's one version that Christy. It has to be a specific version. Well, there's like the Broadway recordings that were released on the Andrew Lloyd Webber Greatest Hits and I'm not about those. I like the original film uh, soundtrack, James Neely. It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) I've been meaning to watch the movie. I mean, Easter's kind of around the corner. Yeah, that's a good time. Coin toss between that and uh, Martin Scorsese's Last Last Temptation of Christ, just Mm because I think the image of Willem Dafoe as Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. is kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, both those movies, I think the church was pretty upset about. All the so, more reason. Yeah, put them exactly. on. Yes. Yeah. Give them some more. Blasphemy the better. <laughs> so what is the origin story of Wrong? It, I guess, began, I was on a tour with a band, and uh, there was another friend of mine, Catherine Hiltz, who was touring with her band, Hot Panda, which changed its name to Bad Pop later on. But we were on kind of a similar circuit where we were running into each other at festivals and Hamburg at Reeperbahn. Um, and we, we were the only women we would kind of bump into for months at a time. <laughs> it seemed like it's just dudes, dudes, dudes. And then when you see each other, we're like, oh my God, come <laughs> here. <laughs> and uh, we talked about how fun it would be to start a dookie tribute band where we just played dookie by like green to day. not a green day tribute no band. specifically <laughs> just dookie. a dookie <laughs> yeah. just that yeah. album just that yeah. uh she's a bass player um and then she kind of how did she know it you? was also because i was sort of in the same circuit but you mm-hmm. and i somehow were never on the same festivals mm-hmm. together but it's like Catherine seemed to either be on festivals with the band you were playing in or the band that I was playing in at the time. And then Catherine approached me. I remember it was at, I think, the Bella Coola Festival. And mm. yeah, like Fred Penner was there and it was super <laughs> cool. And they, yeah. I had to MC a section of it. And it was the, anyway. Um, anyway, so I remember Catherine just came up to me and was like, hey, do you like Dookie? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, I was talking to my friend Christy and we want to start a Dookie cover band. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah. So we started jamming out Dookie. And mm-hmm. what was that band called? Baloney Sandwich. It was called Baloney Sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And it was a workout and a half, but it's like, if you know that record, it's just like a 33-minute song. Yeah, we'd no banter or anything. We'd just be like, hi, we're Baloney Sandwich, and this is Dookie, and then we would just play it all. Um, and it just came very easily, and nat- like, I don't know, we all gelled really well very quickly. And I had mentioned, I'm like, if I write original rock songs, would y'all be interested in playing them with me? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's there. And then uh, met my buddy Emily backstage. I run the house band at this comedy variety show at the Rio called Talent Time. And she was playing drums. And uh, we just hit it off, too. And we're like, how can we get Emily in here? Catherine was really an incredible lead guitar player as well. So we pushed Catherine onto lead guitar, brought Emily in on bass, and that's how our first how we were in our first incarnation. And in I feel EP. and Christie's mission statement was always what was it? Uh, tasteless. Yeah, the Canadian rock band exhibiting a tasteless amount of riffs and fills. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so the tackier the better. Well, I just think all the best stuff is like right at the edge right yeah. like you gotta push the, push that envelope yeah if it's sure. gonna be interesting if it's comedy is the same i think because like you have to go like is it too much <laughs> and then you can dial it back totally you need to totally but i think it's important to go all the way out there Just live on the edge yeah yes. yeah right like, yeah <laughs> well, and it's fun to do things. It's kind of like you kind of like learn all this kind of flashy stuff to do, but it's not cool to do it. 
you don't do a heavy bell ride. You don't do like Bonham triplets, but they're somehow in wrong. It's okay. Like it's like the more of it, the better. Yeah. But then, yeah, after after a couple of years, you know, things happen and people have other projects and COVID happened. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that ended up uh, with Emily and Catherine on the best of terms. Like we're all still friends. Like nothing bad happened, but it's just everybody's busy life happens yeah going to school mm-hmm. kind of thing. yeah so then uh it was J- jen and i <laughs> and we had talked about trying to find other guitar players uh to go back to being a four piece um we were almost going to be jamming with viv from uh kim mortal she was the one who was going to come in oh no way um but I know that I, yeah, she's super awesome. Love her. She's got a great gig with Kim Mortal. Now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just played together on Saturday. I think they're wearing Kim Mortal's shirt. Nice. Yeah. How about that? Repping okay. that. I really so need to have Kim Mortal on the show. Yeah, you yes. absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, Sophie, I don't think you've played bass in a band before. So I actually oh. have. Oh, you did. My very first high school band, <laughs> I played the bass, and it was a. Uh, just an instrument that like it really spoke to me so I I originally started my musical journey well piano at five like most kids or some kids are lucky I guess I should say privileged kids (laughs) piano at five and then I really wanted to play violin so then I played violin and there was something about the like four strings of the violin and the four strings of the bass and they're actually the same strings but backwards so violins g d a e tuned in fifths and bass is e a d g tuned in fourths so there's like something kind of like really similar to me who and i i've spent a lot of time playing guitar and i'm like really not that great at guitar for how much time i've like put into playing guitar and then for bass it just like it feels more like my. Well, then when you and I met, because like Sophie is usually the rhythm guitar player and the singer in most bands, and you would express, it's like, I just want to play bass in a band. I just want to play bass. I don't want to sing. I just want to play bass in a band. So, and I think Sophie and I had been dating for a little bit. It was like, well, Christy, what, what about Sophie? But then that's always like, okay, like relationships and bands, how is that going to go? And then we kind of had a conversation about it, and then we sort of dropped it because COVID happened. And yeah. then... And then Christy just kind of contacted me after we had just kind of had some hangouts and you guys had gotten to know each other and you were just like, let's fucking do it. Let's do <laughs> it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I say, like, because I had a, I've had many bad experiences in the past with relationships totally in bands and I was worried about it. But I seeked counsel from some people <laughs> that mean a lot to me and have very good opinions about things and they're just like, don't be an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Let her in. Let her in. Don't be stupid. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then, but I think you were also, because I feel like it took a little bit for you to be like, oh, but like, lead guitar player, maybe we need a lead guitar player. But you were convinced that it's like, you need to be a power trio. Yeah. And you need to be the shredder, Christy. be the shredder. (laughs) And I feel like that really shows up in the new record. Mm. Christy's shredderness. (laughs) Thank you. That's nice. I think part of that, though, is we did record it over COVID. So the recording process, which normally would have taken place over maybe a week, got spread out over a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, let's put another layer on. Yeah, you let's get put to another sit layer with on. it for a little bit. It's like, can I come over and add layer number 19 <laughs> to these vocals? Like, it was Iron Maiden level vocals. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I feel like Schaefer Carson, who recorded it, you could just scroll through just like, Layers and layers and layers and layers of just scrolling and scrolling how many different tracks were on each song. Yeah, that's good. Suck. It says suck. Suck. It's suck and suck. So I got two follow-up questions. I don't want to dwell on this too much just because it was like, I guess, the pre-wrong project. But firstly, favorite Dookie song? Ooh. I probably have to say Welcome to Paradise. Yeah, damn it. It's true. But even technically a Kerplunk song. Mm. Oh, that's (laughs) true. That is true. You're right. Damn it. Yeah. What's Um, the... A long view. That's my one. That's my favorite. (laughs) Sophie did come in and learn all those songs, too. Nice. Because we did have a gig booked before everything shut down. 
Um, they wanted us to go to, I think, the island or the Sunshine Coast. I don't remember where it was, but to play two 45-minute sets. But we only had 45 minutes worth of music written. So we're like, we'll do our set, and then we'll just do a dookie set yeah. to fill out that second half. But that uh, played a heavy factor in the year-end wrap-up on Sophie's oh, Spotify. I was going <laughs> to say that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All top five songs from Dookie. Yeah, you did great, though, because it's like, not that the drums on that record aren't challenging, and not that the guitar and vocals aren't challenging, but the bass on that record oh. is like the lead guitar. It it's, made me a much better bass player yeah, after you that. You really, really, shredding. like, you, that dude's a I feel like it cool was kind of a parts. good initiation project into the band, too, of like, Kay, yeah. can you actually play it's the bass, It's how the band though? actually began, so it is kind of perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you can do this, then you can do this. Yes. And you nailed it. And you're always like, I'm not that good. It's like, but you can play Dookie. Like, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I play bass as well. Mike Dern's easily one of my favorite yeah. bassists. Oh, I'm great. I kinda and you know, I did just Green Day are where they are now, but I, I I do think it's a shame that like Mike's become less and less interesting. Yeah, with each record, it's true. They, yeah, and, and I feel like Trey was always like, you know, it was great. It was always like, just play simple, do what suits the song, and I agree with that a hundred percent. But it went pretty next level, <laughs> basic. Um, but it, note. yeah, but it's like they're obviously yeah. They're all great musicians, though. But yeah, and uh, what was the record after? Because there was also uh, I loved Insomniac. That's, 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 that's actually my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, were, we had talked about Nimrod. That one I felt like I also yeah. really liked, and then kind of after that, I, they kind of fizzled. Warning is me. its own special kind of. I love thing. Warning too. Yeah. Green Day was the first band I fell in love with. So, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very different production. I remember. Yeah. They went. Well, they recorded a whole thing, and then it got lost, like the the hard drive or something. Yeah, like, it was the record that was that they were gonna release yeah. before. American but, Idiot, the Masters went missing. Yeah, it's a famous like, lost well, album. Yeah, or they made that up, and they were just yeah, like, "Ah, it sucks." How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. But to answer your question, I think Burnout's my favorite song. Uh, that's uh, actually probably my yeah. favorite song too. Oh, that's yeah, I love Burnout. First song. I guess the other question I have is, uh, do you also do All By Myself, the hidden track? We went, okay, so we had, this we like started thing. as a three piece in the, the Dookie tribute thing. But then when we started playing as Wrong and Emily was there, uh, so she would come on at the end and sing all by myself so that she could be part of it too. <laughs> and, like It was always because like, I'm the drummer so it was always like, you like can you get up and do it? And I would sort of give a half like, oh, maybe. And every time I would just look at Christine and be like, no, at the end of the set so someone else would have to do it. I don't, I don't know why I don't. And I feel very safe sitting behind stuff and I don't want to stand up in like in the center of the stage with just a microphone. I mm-hmm. would just just wet myself yeah. you'd never know it because i feel like jen appears very extroverted but no <laughs> inside i am crumbling <laughs> <laughs> so besides green day uh who were some of the bands and artists that inspired the group as it was coming together I think, like, I did send out in that initial email with everybody being like, here's a demo of a song or two, and this is kind of the... It was always, I felt like, to me, it was, like, big, uh, a lot of the big kind of, like, contributing factors was obviously Green Day. I feel like Queens of the Stone Age, Queen yeah. was Queen. another one. I think The Hives for the me hives, a bit. Yeah. And uh, Beethoven. <laughs> and <laughs> honestly, a big one in there. There, It kind of is. There was a when in Bittersweet specifically... Um, when Catherine and I were working on what the lead guitar part was going to be doing, I was like, do whatever Brian May and Bach would do. And he's like, that's easy, right? (laughs) And I, I feel like I hear, and I don't, as far as I know, this isn't really a big, a a big one for you, but I feel like the very first Foo Fighters record in terms of like drumming and certain elements, I feel like comes out a little bit. That was a good era. Yeah. That was a good Grohl era. Totally. (laughs) It was a good Grohl era. (laughs) Not like now. Well, still. I'm just going to hate on Dave Grohl. Don't hate on him too hard. He's dealing with a lot right now. Poor boy. I love Dave Grohl. I love him. I really do. Yeah, he's pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> that is the, in my opinion, the second best Foo Fighters album besides mm-hmm. uh, or next to Color Out of, Color in the Shape. That was yeah, yeah that's that like was, <laughs> that was pretty key, and that was still just in an era where it's like you go buy, you know, you bring like 
30 bucks to the store and you have to take the bus and you have to buy an album. And so you take it home. You worked really hard. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of effort. There was a lot of labor to buy this record. So you sit at home and you listen to it. Mm -hmm. You listen to the whole thing. <laughs> Not now, whereas everything's kind of just very individual track based. Yeah. But that's really true. But yeah, Color in the Shape, that was a great record. Mm -hmm. And I love the whole story of how basically he got the dude from William Goldsmith from Sunny Day Real Estate. He drummed on all the tracks and Dave was like, oh, this just isn't, I don't like it. So <laughs> redid all the drums without telling William and William was like, hey, and Dave's like, sorry. And yeah, that was the end of that. That's showbiz, baby. That's, that's Christie's response to everything is that's showbiz, baby. <laughs> Clearly didn't bug Nate because he's still in the band. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Wrong runs in the same circles as many Vancouver punk groups, such as Russian Tim and the Pavel Burries and the Fomites, while showing a real affinity for riff rock. Uh, <laughs> how would you characterize the band's sound? I know you kind of touched on it, but, you know, yeah. flesh it out. <laughs> I think it's just, like, really earnest. Like, it's not, like pretending to be anything <laughs> i don't know it's just kind of out there yeah it's very like heart on the sleeve but not in a like but it's like the heart is on a sleeve but a tongue is in a cheek yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and just like <laughs> it's you know being you know christy obviously is the primary songwriter and writes all the words and it's really fun as like a supportive rhythm section to just like yeah really dig into these songs and for me like Christy is a voice who I want to amplify and it's really meaningful for me to get to you know support these songs because I think they're brilliant and I think they're meaningful and and they make me feel something and you know one another thing I love being about it being in this band is the Vancouver punk scene is just like full of the most wonderful humans and just to see them feeling the songs, you know, some of them like moving on, which was on the EP, they, these people have heard that song 25 times live at least. And we then, can't even hear ourselves in the monitor sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're very, just, very sweet. Yeah, it's great. They're just into it and it's, it's a really cool community. That's awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I agree, but yeah, the punk community in Vancouver, it's like the kids are all right, you know? Yeah. And I feel like a couple of years ago, it's like especially yeah, Russian Tim I feel like was was really instrumental. He was an ambassador of, for a lot of things yeah. in the scene for and sure. And it's kind of caught on and it's, you know, I feel like just about every show and every venue we play, it's just yeah, it's it, it's there's new people every show, but kind of like the same people who show up and all the members of all the bands and like, yeah, like mm -hmm. the Fomites and Die Job and You Be yeah. Idiot and <laughs> Invasives and everyone just kind of comes and rallies and it's just very, I don't know. And yeah. Lance. Lance! I love, we love you, Lance! Lance. <laughs> That's the most important thing that we're going to say in this entire interview is how much we love Lance. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love him. He's so clean. He's so, he's so, he smells real good. I don't mean that as a backhanded compliment. But. Almost an yeah. oxymoron for punk, but... Yeah, I know. Totally. You wouldn't think, and then... Just like his Vidal Sassoon hair. <laughs> God, I'm just speculating on his day job. Like, just he works for TransLink. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was expecting like <laughs> some sort of office job or like yeah. corporate lawyer or something. <laughs> I think he's the Twitter for TransLink. Ah, <laughs> that's a tough job. <laughs> I, before I knew him, Gotten a lot of fights with him over Twitter, apparently. <laughs> no one, no one tweets TransLink to compliment them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we should start now that we know it's Lance. We should be like, "Hey, TransLink, good job. That was a great experience. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for not making me horrifically late yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> so you can be a little backhanded. We're cleaning it, up that throw up yeah. on the bus. <laughs> 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 It happens. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. As you had mentioned, uh, Wrong has had members come and go throughout uh, its tenure, though this current iteration of the group has been in place for over two years now. What is the creative dynamic like with this lineup? I think, I mean, not that much has changed as far as the dynamic goes. I think in, like, where I'll write a demo that is like me playing the guitar part and singing over it to a click. 
and then I send it off, and then people either listen to it or not listen to it, whatever. <laughs> and then we come back into the space, and we kind of put the parts together. Um, if, for the most part, people, like you, like, I don't think I've ever been like, do this. Except for <laughs> faster. Yeah, do yeah, faster. 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 You go faster. Poor Jen. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> now, like, I'm getting older. It's like, yeah, like, I think 60 seconds every time we play a show, not even play a show, like, have a rehearsal 60 seconds into the first song. <laughs> I'm just disgusting. I'm just <laughs> dripping with sweat. And I am tired. You're doing a great job. But it's great. Yeah. It's good for the old heart. <laughs> But yeah, no, I don't think, yeah, other than faster, which is also sometimes really messed with other like session gigs where you have to get like a nice slow groove pocket. It's like, can you slow down a little bit? I'm like, sorry, I've got Christy in my brain. <laughs> you go faster. Um, but yeah. I, but yeah, other than this, like there's a push here, or like with vocal harmonies, like why don't we try this note? But mostly people like, you guys come up with your own parts yeah i on kind top of, of when the songs what yeah. the songs are especially i feel like for the last record like we came came up with some vocal harmonies just sort of like you know workshopping in the in the jam space but i think it was just literally being at schaefer's and just like on a whim trying it's, i like that 70 different things <laughs> yeah totally. and i feel like that was the beauty of one covid like you said we had mm. a lot of time and two working with schaefer he's just you know he never makes you feel like you're on the clock you know, we had that time and space and freedom to just like be weird and mm -hmm. try. Like one of Jen's parts was literally just like for like sixty seconds. <laughs> it's buried that in a big giant choir. Yeah, but yeah. That messed with my brain of like doubling it. <laughs> it was very Danny Elfman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the film yeah, scores. you're totally because you usually are on the clock. So it's like you know you book two or three days yeah. in a studio and you have to do this many songs and then all of a sudden before you know it you've spent six hours getting the right snare sound mm -hmm. and it's like shit we're out of time and everything just feels really rushed and yeah it's like filmmaking it's hurry up but hurry up and mm -hmm. wait totally mm -hmm. and it's like but i want to make the best product and it's like well too bad you're out of time and you're out of money <laughs> get out of here yeah scum. get the hell out of here <laughs> Scum. Come back when you have any money. <laughs> well, we keep talking about Schaefer, and I don't think we've said who he is. So Schaefer is half of Kinda Cool Records and is the bass player in You Big Idiot. And we tracked all the drums at the warehouse. And That's the where all our money went. And the bass. And the bass um, with Annie Kennedy. Uh, and two Schaefer songs was there. with Sylvia Massey. Yeah, that's right. For a, uh, she was in town doing a clinic, and they needed a guinea pig band to just be there to record the weird things. Yeah, and her weird techniques and whatever. So that was cool. Um, but everything else we recorded in, sh in an ISO booth that Schaefer built in his apartment. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You spend all the money on drums and mastering, and you can record the rest kind of anywhere. Yeah, that kind of is the beauty of. <laughs> Just technology nowadays. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And then we got to hang out with Schaefer's partner, Michaela, who's the coolest person ever, and their cat, Husker, mm. who is just next level, psychotic and beautiful. Mm -hmm. He's like that fatal attraction yeah. vibe. Just yeah. like a cougar, but tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump yes. right on the counter and eat your pizza. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Schaefer... Uh, worked with the band on the debut EP That's period right. and this latest released worst mm -hmm. uh, and I'm curious as to how that uh, producer band relationship has evolved after working together on two separate projects yeah so how I met Schaefer was him getting me to come on and record some trumpet stuff for you big idiot because my first instrument's trumpet um, and I can't even remember it was for their album mega donaire so that's when I was first up in his ISO booth and being like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't know there's like a little studio in an apartment in Mount Pleasant. Sweet. And then we were looking for just an inexpensive way to record that EP because we didn't have any money. And if you haven't released anything, it's hard to get funding. And um, <clears throat> so I actually landed a, a gig in a Mike's Hard <laughs> Lemonade commercial. <laughs> and that's how we paid for the first EP. Um, so we track drums in the Dusty Flower Pot Cabaret, which is in the Artiste building. It's just like a kind of community art theater space. And workspace. Yeah. So we track drums in there. Um, 
and then yeah the rest up in Schaefer's apartment because he was basically just going to give us a, a deal he was going to charge us we were just going to use, use him for like one song it's like let's just record one song he's like we're going to set up everything to track drums for one song we might as well track three so we're like okay fine and it kind of like him and I had a bit of a bargaining <laughs> kind of going back and forth on how much it was going to cost us and everything but uh, when as soon as he started working with us and saw kind of how easy it is because we go in and we know our parts and we take three takes and we're done like there's not a bunch of comping and there's not there's a bit but like not a lot um and he's like oh this is easier than i thought i think and and he's just funny and and awesome and we just get along really well and super easy going but then what was it about how he asked you for for wrong to because he decided he wanted to start kind of cool records yeah. and he approached Christy and said will you be my lag will wrong be my lag wagon <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> like fat mike for, for fat mike from fat, fat records, records the yeah. first band that they signed was was like so yeah we were like, realized wrong was the first kind of cool band yeah well technically i guess it's you big idiot right <laughs> but like that's, that's but yeah we're the first we were like the first out band yeah yeah so oh that's really we set cool. the tone yeah <laughs> strong <Kind of>. tone <laughs> yeah even though I think we should be at the top of the webpage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm calling them out right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's an alphabetical Shuffer. order. That's not good enough. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, we should just add an A to the front. Yeah. But the A, a is silent. silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a silent A. Number one. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Dash wrong. Yeah, Asterix. Exclamation yeah. <laughs> wrong. Listening through uh, Worst, the record uh, has its share of surprises. Uh, I noticed a theatrical multi-part progression on the song The Ships, a synth solo on 10, 12, 13, and a sweeping orchestral finale on, I'm just going to spit out the title, A Prolapse of Judgment. Um, (laughs) What drove the band to shake things up sonically with this new release? I think that is, I mean, partially because... It's just what we wanted to do, and we just like, why not? Just like go there. But a lot of it was this: everything was in lockdown, shows couldn't happen. I was basically going over to Schaefer's like once a week, uh, and it just there was the the opportunity, and there wasn't a lot of things to chase that were joyful like like that, and were rewarding, kind of in that way. And people's schedules weren't so packed because, again, we weren't allowed to go anywhere. So um, we're like, okay, yeah, let's do three layers of rhythm guitar. <laughs> or in, like, the ships, I brought in um, – I have a motor scooter and I have a, a chain lock on it. And I had brought in a trumpet to record some trumpet stuff. And I brought in a French horn that I have um, to possibly do horn, but then I didn't. But what I ended up doing is just smashing this chain against the French horn case in the booth. It's just like <laughs> – and there's a bunch of clapping um, in 10, 12, 13 as well. We got like a million layers of clapping. Um, all of like all of the horns and all of the strings were that was actually Sophie and Christy. Nothing yeah. was like MIDI. Nothing was. Yeah, was, there's not. Yeah, it it's wasn't not taken samples or like royalty free anything yeah. from programs that like they actually recorded. That was, it. yeah. Sophie recording in a million layers of violin. I did a bunch of layers of trumpet. A lot of it is lifted from the finale of Beethoven's Ninth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's public domain. Exactly. Yeah. He's not coming after you, I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, it was just mostly um, to like the, like, what is it? I don't think this is, is this an expression? Like lack breeds opportunity or something? Or less like, like you get more creative the more it's taken away. And um, yeah, when there's nothing to do, it's just like, let's I think, think of also too, it, it's, it's fun to like, you don't have to sound exactly the same as your record. Like there's mm-hmm. no rule of, oh, well, we can't do that live, so why would we do that on the record? It's like, yeah. well, no, we can do it on the record, so why wouldn't we? Yeah, that's a yeah. 100% queen influence. Yeah. <laughs> I never wanted, yeah, like what it is that we can logistically pull off live to limit what it is that we, what the song ultimately could be. Because yeah. that is what's gonna last when we're dead and not doing this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, or just like the reach that we have now, you know, with, you know, platforms like Spotify or whatever, or Bandcamp, people from that will never see Wrong Live can hear the record. So it's like, let's make a really cool record. Yeah. Too. I always thought it was more interesting when bands are like, oh, we're going to sound, you know, there's a definite 
like delineation between what bands sound like live and what they sound. Yeah. So I know there's some bands where like the t- the vibe is completely different. Uh, I haven't seen them live, but apparently Mac DeMarco shows are insane, and his music's super chill. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but yeah, Queen again. Nobody's gonna go to a Queen show and be like, "That wasn't exactly like the record. Like that sucked." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do a good job. But yeah, the live show can have its own energy. That's just different. Like they complement each other. Totally. They don't have to be identical. Sure. The band's music is very passionate and at times, well, a lot of the times, quite angry. <laughs> um, what are some of the subjects and topics that you tackle in your lyrics? Mm. <laughs> the Lord. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, granola. <laughs> no. it's the, on, the wind. It, it yeah. is like a form of therapy where it's an it's it's like you can literally transform something that makes you feel bad into something that makes you feel good um or something that you're proud of instead of something that makes you feel dark or anxious or whatever so a lot of the content is about like betrayal or sometimes I have like my friends will confide in me of problems that they're kind of going through and that'll slip in there sometimes. <laughs> like not even my problems. Sharon, I'm sure I'm sorry yeah. you shit your pants. <laughs> it's like, it's like, don't keep it like subtle enough. Yeah, I'll never know. Shit my pants. <laughs> so yeah, some of it is just like stories about other people. Um, but a lot of it is uh, me working through things that make me feel upset or things I don't feel like I have control over maybe or something that happened. Um, like specifically Queasy's a dark one because it is about not speaking out about sexual assault quite explicitly. Um, lyrics about how you want to take your skin off because there's, you can't get the stain out. and I feel like even that one it's like well like knowing Sophie and it's like Sophie doesn't like aggressive because that's not it at all but I feel like your Sophie particularly is kind of like quite specific on 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 heavier music that she kind of chooses to allow in her regular rotation and I feel like even Queasy she's just Queasy's my favorite song yeah (laughs) yeah it's like the most aggressive and it's just like you could just see Sophie even now she'll just listen to it just be like when we (laughs) lit when we listen when the record was done we went to warehouse and had a listening party so that Annie who like started from did the drums mm-hmm. could hear now the, <laughs> the thousands, millions of layers. thousands of layers we'd put on <laughs> top of those drums that she did at warehouse and queasy just I was crying like it's just such oh, a it's a powerful heavy one yeah 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 I had, hadn't made this connection until like right now but um are you familiar with uh, lingua incognita I don't think so. So she's, I'm not sure if she's still making music, but she's put out some stuff recently. It's very artsy and very dark and very experimental, but the really scary places she takes her vocals, which ties into the subject matter as well. It's mm-hmm. like, not <clears throat> not sure where, what I would recommend of her stuff, but I saw her open for, um, I can't remember what band, but I think I saw her at the, at the rickshaw, and it was like, Wow, I, I admire what you're doing. It takes a lot of courage, but it's also a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> That's another thing that I also really admire about Christy is the sounds that <laughs> ca- that she can get out of her mouth. And Thanks. it's like two-tone. Like sometimes there's multiple... Your multiple voice boxes coming out. <laughs> and also it's like, because we've done a couple of like little mini rips and singing a couple of nights in a row and it never seems to falter. Like, I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, knock on wood. Knock on wood, (laughs) But, like, yeah. I think it is trumpet technique coming out a lot there where I'm trying to support my hair from my diaphragm. You push up, you don't pull up. (laughs) But uh, I also teach trumpet lessons. (laughs) You're so goddamn loud, but you're such a wee thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's my rage. Maybe while we're talking about Queasy, should we talk about the video that Simon did? Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. So we usually, we filmed pretty much everything with my buddy Daniel Brand. Um, He has a, he fronts a metal band called Demon Cleaver. And with him and the guitar player from that band, Lee, they have a film, like, company, I guess, called City Zero Films. 
and all the silly shorts we've done and bittersweet and our most recent video we've done with him but our queasy video is our one spot where we um uh i, I went with an, another person just because he is uh, so his name is simon clark and i met him through my old roommates he's usually does mostly like artsy kind of fashion photography stuff um, but we follow each other on Instagram and he was posting all this really cool glitch moshing like experimental footage that he was putting together and I thought it was super cool and he had mentioned that he wanted to branch out and try other things to other ways to express himself so I asked him if he'd be interested in doing a music video with us and he'd never done one before uh, and he was down so we got together one Sunday, I think, and filmed. It was amazing. We literally, I feel like we were at your house for like four hours. Yeah. And like blasted through the song, like the live portion of it a couple mm -hmm. of times. And then, but I feel like the, uh, Simon did amazing work, but also like as an aside in just about every video that we've done, Christy always has a very specific vision, I feel like, of of how she wants things to, to turn out. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, make plans, they have plans, they make plans to make plans, but Christy actually has the vision and there's always so much follow through on actually making it a reality, which is always very impressive. So everything is just very like what we are going to work on now for the next. And I don't mean this in a controlling way. It's like, OK, now we're going to get this shot. And now we're going to get this shot. And then it's just literally every slot is filled. And it's very cool because I certainly <laughs> I like making <laughs> videos. I used to make silly videos with my friends growing up and try to edit them together and whatever. I tried to make stop motion and it was very bad. <laughs> and um, so yeah, Simon and I had met up um, at a point in the summer before we filmed it to listen to the tune and kind of discuss what we, actually, I think what I, with, with him, I sent him the whole record and was like, which songs, if you could pick a song to do a video to, like which one would you pick? And I think he picked Queasy and that, and then you had mentioned that you thought it would be a good single as well. So I was like, well, this this works out. So we met up, talked about some ideas. Um, most of the, when we do photo shoots and, and videos, we film at uh, my studio quite frequently, which is um, Ghost Coast Studios. It's just this like dilapidated mansion on Wall Street. There's kind of a bunch of artists are all there. So we just set up in the basement, um, had some group shots, ones where we're close up on different people, ones where we're panned out. And then there's like a B section where we're going to be like crawling out in this back area. And then we knew we had to get shots of people's faces. And yeah, so it was like figuring out what all the shots were going to be, what's the logical order to kind of capture them all in. Different, <laughs> we had saran wrap kind of experiments <laughs> with that one because it's data moshing. So we wanted to have... Um, like pulling your face off yeah but like it's like f but it's two layers of film so it's like you're ripping off one layer to reveal like another layer so it's like somebody rips off their face and it's like jen's face and then jen rips her face off and then it's zoe's there it's so zoe <laughs> i need to drink more water zoe's face <laughs> but yeah so simon clark uh, wonderful person to work with, brilliant photographer. Um, does he's doing really cool, weird Have AI stuff? Have you seen stuff. his new series right now that he's doing? It's like he's taking like inspirational quotes, yeah. like dance like nobody's watching, but then the graphic that goes with it is it's horrifying. So oh, I love horrifying. that. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it like Liam Love dancing, but it's like their face. Yes. Oh, or like awesome. when life gives you lemons, and it's just like this, like puckered up, like dripping with these <laughs> yellow blobs yeah. like it's I'm just picturing home is where the heart is and it's just like <laughs> yes. winter yeah. heart yes. it's exactly <laughs> like that totally. yeah that's great yeah yeah they're really fun <laughs> no, that, that video is awesome too it, it okay. uh, I, the 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 word I'd use is just like you get that sickening feeling good watching it which <laughs> yeah. is like yeah but it isn't gory though it's, no. but it gets the, that like yeah yeah across really well yeah and in the filming of it and the editing of it i was like simon like it's really important that it's not it's not important that we look like cool or hot <laughs> we have to just completely throw Speak that out the window yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, i know I'm it's hot. really hard for us to not look hot <laughs> But yeah and it's definitely a video where you need to watch it a few times yeah. even for us like each yeah. time I watched it, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I didn't see that the first time. <laughs> ah, why are my eyes all of a sudden these, like, perfect black saucers? And just, <laughs> But it just, like, flashes for mm -hmm. a second, and then it's like, oh, there's a dead doll. And then, yeah. 
Yeah. It's and even fun. like how f- how things are usually edited. Like you'll kind of get a rough edit of the whole thing, right? And then you like try to tidy things up kind of that way. But Simon did it like like a tattoo or something where he just like here's the first 3 minutes and barely and then like here's the next or not three minutes, like the whole song's three minutes. But like, here's the first 30 seconds, and he would just, until we got to the end, and it was almost just like, didn't change anything. It was really, I've never had a film come back like that before. Totally, but I think, yeah, he just kind of, he, yeah, he doesn't work the, the always in the standard way, which is yeah. probably why he's successful with the outcome. Mm-hmm. But he, I remember he was like, oh, I'm tired, like when we were rapping, and he's like, oh, I'm just gonna go home, but like, be this amount of time probably before you get like a first edit, but then he ended up, getting home and staying up until like three in the morning like <laughs> just doing so much just or, doing yeah. so much and it was like then we woke up the next day and he's like here's the first cut and it's like that doesn't totally. that doesn't happen yeah <laughs> oh he's amazing but. all things can happen with coffee but <laughs> yeah there you go never underestimate the power of caffeine <laughs> the another thing i noticed is the album features a cover of uh run with us by lisa loheed mm-hmm. uh, which was used as the end credits theme song for the cbc animated series the raccoons uh what made you pick this song to cover and i'm also curious were you fans of the show growing up yes but more than the show i was a fan of the song at the end credits. the song <laughs> is just a banger it's such a banger so good um, that like was, if it was not like that, that could have been a song like in Flashdance. Like that, it was. Yeah. Just, it's it's such a good song. I kind of remember watching the Raccoons when I was a kid. I definitely, I definitely did. did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it came like that. We we every now and then we'd pick a, a new cover to to learn, just to throw in the set and just make it's just fun yeah, to do. We used to do like Stone Cold Crazy yep. Queen. Yeah. Um, um, we added She by the Monkees oh, in yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that one specifically, Catherine had mentioned that she knew the solo already. And then Emily and I were at the rickshaw watching actors, uh, and in between bands, it just like came on and we were like, yeah, this song rules. (laughs) Let's do this song. And then Jen's like, yeah, (laughs) I'm not my dad. I'm not my dad. Yeah. And then when the, when, uh, Emily and Catherine left and we got Sophie, I thought that song was was done. I was gonna go out to pass. Yeah, but Sophie's like, no, yeah. it's, it's such a, a banger. Yeah, and now we still end the set with it just about every time, and mm-hmm. we recorded it. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it, it's great. It's a nice kind of flashy show-off bass a little bit, mm-hmm. and and the, because yeah. it's CanCon, the licensing was super cheap. Nice. <laughs> keep that in mind for recorded singles mm-hmm. or recorded covers. Yeah. Because there was also a second of like, or should we do the DuckTales theme song? But I think we made the right choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to give the mouse money. No. That much no, money. No way. Totally. That was a, there was a kind of cool records discussion about doing like a theme songs comp with like a bunch of different bands. Oh, that's a good one too. But the DuckTales theme, that's another one that's just like, it just slaps so hard. DuckTales, woo! Boom, You'd have to, yeah, pull it. Well, now that's stuck in my head for a week. Thanks so much. And we also did one show where we did that Dick Dale and the Deltone song, like the Yeah, we did. Oh, Miserloo. Miserloo. Yeah, that song fucking slaps. ripped out the trumpet And I brought the trumpet out. Oh, nice. started your... Uh, EP release with the with Beatles, Beatles song. We did the very beginning of um, Because. Because. Yeah. yeah. That was great. That was fun. Yeah. Well, I feel like what's weird, it's like, you know, there are icons who are, you know, more from our formidable years, like in the 90s, who are, who are not around anymore, but like the Rolling Stones and half the Beatles are still around. Like things are happening all way yeah. out of order. I mean, Alice Cooper's been so sober for a long time, mm-hmm. but he's old now. <laughs> I saw him at uh, Pemberton in 2017 or something like that. He was amazing. God, he's such a showman. Yeah. Matt Cooper. Matt <laughs> Alice. Also a but I love Saturday. seeing him out of his wardrobe just like playing golf and khakis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kiss are doing, are still doing their farewell tour. Mm-hmm. They're doing their farewell tour for like five Holy. years now. Same with Motley Crue. But mm-hmm. I do feel like Motley Crue in particular, they just got to stop. They should have stopped. They yeah. really yeah. should. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. seen that video of Vince Neil. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And just Nikki Six. Mm-hmm. Just shut up. And I did see Kiss, uh, like, probably, like, 20, I'm going to say 2014 or something. And it was great, but I was just wrapped up in the thought the whole time of, like, 
Is that really them? Is I, it? I don't care. No. I don't care. They I've did never a good seen job, Kiss. whoever it was. Gene has even said he wants to franchise out Kiss. Well, I, 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 I feel like they must genius. have already. Well, isn't that a thing? I've heard that you can put make anything a Kiss thing. If he you know gets, I mean? he has a certain like merchandise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, he basically gives people free reign as long as he gets a certain percentage. Yeah. Of it. And it's a probably a ridiculous percentage, but it's like we could make Kiss T-shirts right now and sell it and not get sued as long as we. But I, but I feel like I heard he has like a room because they he makes people send him something, so he has like literally Kiss paraphernalia of anything you could imagine that has a it's Kiss a total logo order. on it. Here's a name drop. I was. <laughs> Uh, a couple of years ago, there was this show shot um, just outside Vancouver called Arctic Air, and there was an episode about a, a a band, and like there was sort of a singer who was just kind of you know had drinking problems and was not showing up to gigs, and I got hired to be the drummer in this fake band on this show, and the person who was hired to be the guitar player in this fake band was Nick Simmons. Which was interesting that Nick Simmons was on Arctic Air, but anyway, some of the <laughs> things that he started talking about about like his parents and all that kind of thing. Like I didn't know that Kiss had caskets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And their oh. tagline is Kiss, they get you coming, they get you going. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, and like I don't know, it's I, I well. I don't think I want to be buried. If I did, I fully. I'm letting you know this now, Sophie. <laughs> yeah. I want it. I want it to be in a kiss casket. Okay, but which would like? Because uh, there's probably four. You can choose from which yeah. number. Oh God! You and the kitty. A, well, yeah, Peter Chris. Do you want to be pe- buried in Peter? No, Chris. Chris. exactly. <laughs> Kill me twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, I. Th- I don't want to be Star Child either. I think it, it would have to be Gene. I think yeah. if you're gonna go that I far, you gotta go all the way. Gene or Ace. Ace Those were my two favorites. Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have to have a talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back I'll to wrong. I'll just take Paul's down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you have planned to promote worst? Because I know it's been already out, but mm-hmm. you know, we, summer's around the corner. Yeah. We we have uh, like a mini. We're not like leaving the province, <laughs> but we've got uh, this little tour into the interior with Die Job and. Uh, you big idiot. I am just pulling up. I know it's in Kamloops, Vernon, and Kelowna, but I don't know the order. It's Kamloops on the Thursday, April 20. Is that the one at the Blue Seventh. Grotto? That's at Blue Grotto. Yeah. Love that venue. Then I think it's Vernon. I think at that's right. Record City. Yep. And then it's Kelowna at Runaways Lounge. Oh, this shouldn't be so hard to find, but I yes. I think I did it right. I think you did too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited that Kelowna's on the Saturday. Yeah. And then uh, we are playing Outhouse Fest out in Pender Island. And uh, not the dates aren't secured uh, right now, but the plan is to have a couple um, island dates leading up to that. And that's in um, September. That's in September. We have a bit of a gap in the summertime because... Jen and Sophie are getting married oh, to, each yeah. <laughs> to each other. To each other. Getting married to each other. <laughs> Yeah, so I've got like a couple little, I've been doing like solo acoustic kind of stuff. And that is where the songs began too. Like we were jamming as bologna sandwich doing the dookie thing. But there's a local band called Dadweed um, who, P.S., their drummer has been diagnosed with cancer and is having to move back to Edmonton for treatment. And they are selling off all of their Dadweed uh, merch to raise funds for him so uh, buy dadweed merch for um, it's for a good cause mm-hmm. um, so James from dadweed uh, used to run they'd have these little patio shows just in the back of their house and people would show up with acoustic guitars who were booked and <laughs> just like play out there for free and um, I it was a good avenue they'd asked me to just come in for and play some other uh, like a tribute night and uh, where you just like pick an artist and you do a bunch you do a whole set of covers by that one artist so I did a whole Queens of the Stone Age ukulele set in his living room um, and then I had mentioned that I was writing my own stuff and then he kind of called me on it and was like hey like I you told me you're play- like you wrote songs you want to come play them I'm like okay and it just gave me these deadlines to have these songs kind of written by because I can have a tendency to just be like, let's add this, and let's add this, let's change that, blah, blah, blah. So to have, like, it's got to be done by this time because I have to play it now. 
Um, uh, so uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was the question? Oh, promoting. What's your name? Promoting. Okay. <laughs> promoting the album. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've got a couple uh, more acoustic uh, sets coming up in May. I'm playing Lana Luz on the 7th for the Punk Rock Flea Market. And then I'm playing uh, Jesse Lebordet's, uh I don't know if it's an EP or a record release, some sort of release that he's doing at the Painted something, the Painted Chair, Painted Lady. <laughs> There's a new venue I'll in Kids. i say Painted Bird, but I'm guessing painted, as might well. Be, so. Maybe Painted Bird. Yeah. Painted ship. Painted ship. That's what it is. Will to the rescue. So close. Um, Painted ladies at Toronto venue though. I right. Think, so you're- yeah, it's like something. Um, so not nothing like big. I don't know what to do <laughs> in that regard. No. I feel like we're kind of doing it, and mm-hmm. we had we had another video come out. Yeah. Same team video that we went back to Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we filmed the that new here. Cobalt a few weeks yeah. ago lovely place i was had not been through those doors in many a year yeah it's way nicer now it feels bigger it feels bigger i played a show there a couple weeks ago yeah i was just like damn this actually i don't feel cramped in here (laughs) jen was saying there's a lot less poo a lot less poo Mm -hmm. (laughs) the bathroom like the toilets were actually attached to the ground the toilets were a real highlight for me honestly at that venue <laughs> you talked about those toilets yesterday <laughs> like i wish i wish this place had bathrooms like that why can't we have bathrooms like that because yeah. <laughs> yeah. i really like the gender neutral thing you know we want everyone to feel inclusive and safe but it also we were at the fox on the weekend who have gender neutral bathrooms and the, and it does feel a bit weird to be in a bathroom which with a bunch of like drunk cis men when you're when it's kind of like this open area whereas the cobalt it's also stalls it's all stalls and it's like stalls up to the ceiling and it feels much more private than like what, yeah, like just like a two-inch gap between the, the door and the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like yeah. at that venue we played in Nelson. Oh, had, the Royal. Yeah, they had big gaps. In the oh bathroom. no, <laughs> Mark, get on that. <laughs> get some filler. I know. I was peeing and I looked up and there was someone washing their hands, looking directly at me. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it was an older woman. But like, Classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Yeah. Promotion. <laughs> yeah, promoting the album. I do, I, this was something that we, do, we could talk about it right now, but sending off uh, uh, Run With Us kind of to radio people more. Like, there's a lot of our stuff can't be played on the radio, but even though that's not technically like our song, like that one would be a good one to get out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Make more videos like that's yeah kind of where well where that's we're the at. thing it's like it's a very interesting you know the the industry it's very it's very saturated there are so many bands I can't remember the statistic of how many hundreds of thousands of songs come out I think every week mm-hmm. on Spotify or something like that it's 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 you can't even wrap your brain around it so it's it's but it's also a very interesting time and we talked about this at the beginning it's like you could literally write and record a record and like not leave a room mm-hmm. um, and not just making the record but just all all sorts of things you can do to promote on social media as well obviously social media is in everyone's forte it's mm-hmm. tough it's a tough go it's you know but if you are kind of making fun content that people yeah. that people are enjoying it is a way to you know th- there's a lot of interesting opportunities as well so it you know touring is great obviously it's expensive it mm-hmm. takes a lot of time and it's not for everybody there's still a lot of bands who are total road dogs and they and and they get it done and that's what they're known for but there's so much that you can do without always having to resort to to just hardcore touring all the mm-hmm. time so it's it, it can it's pretty great yeah well like making silly videos like yeah make these chuck spadina puppet videos to promote <laughs> things that we do <laughs> i was gonna ask about that so chuck spadina for listeners is a ventriloquist dummy in a very classic <laughs> sense um is he the group's mascot nemesis both i both um it was one of these things that uh started at the the manor at uh, ghost coast studios daniel who we film everything with uh used to live upstairs so him and i were like roommates and uh our other roommate spencer 
had this Howdy Doody doll, and I found out about it. <laughs> and so I just had this idea because we had this show coming up. I'm like, hey, let's like f- this film a stupid thing like for fun. And then um, just wanted to do another one after that and just kind of got out of control. <laughs> but like recorded with like filmed with Daniel. So this is like high end. These are high, this wasn't just like on a GoPro or on someone's phone. Yeah, These are like nice high gear. end, like very well done videos that would often cost people a lot of money to make. But you're just doing it for fun with this stupid doll. <laughs> <laughs> just anything that you're like now let's go do this yeah mm-hmm. so we do have to kill him off probably pretty soon oh, yeah. <laughs> getting more famous than yeah. we are yeah. so and I feel like he's in in music videos that you just like if you haven't noticed him watch yeah. again and you'll see him somewhere well, yeah. I mean you could crib from Trailer Park Boys and just have him be like this recurring yeah no matter how many times you kill him like Conky I think is the name of from Trailer Park Boys <laughs> he did almost die at the last uh, the end of the last promo that's right. Um, there's a big epic fight scene. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's the, definitely the Brian most elaborate. Byron. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chuck Spadina short to date. Yeah, um, but yeah, we, I mean, he's 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 around. But I love the story <laughs> of his name. <laughs> this, oh, P.S. There's like a band. I think they're coming out of Edmonton. I can't. I don't know where they're from, but they're called Chuck Spadina. Oh, you got to play with them now. Yeah, you play yeah. with them now? No, you got to play oh, with yeah, them Oh, yeah, no, we yes. have to play with them now. Yeah, but they've started following us, I think, on Instagram. That's awesome. like, what? Because <laughs> it is just pulled from pop culture. I was trying to, I was going through what I thought funny names would be um, for that first promo, and that one got the best laugh, even though I was like, ah, Keanu Reeves technically came up with that one, yeah. but whatever. But it, was, <laughs> it wasn't Keanu Reeves, it was the interviewer, wasn't it? Mm-mm, the interviewer was, no. suggested it. Mm-mm. Keanu Reeves is telling a story about how he was, you know, kind of trying to up-and-coming actor in Hollywood, and they're like, your name is too weird. You need to give yeah. yourself a, a, a different name, a, just something simpler, like like Chuck Spadina. <laughs> <laughs> that, was his, that was his pitch for his yeah. replacement oh, name. Oh, I see, yeah. I see. <laughs> and I think Christine it's a Conan O'Brien to that. <laughs> so as much as it'd be dated, you could do some sort of Chuck Spadina Matrix thing, I guess. That's yeah. a that's a move. Um, I've 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 got some ideas. I don't want to say too much um, in case it spoils it. But I did get um, an iPad that is the same color as my iPhone. So I was thinking about doing some kind of uh, some trickery where he gets big and I'm small. Because <laughs> I can She'll pretend my happen. iPad is like my phone and be like, no! So it's like Gulliver's Travels <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> not the Jack Black Honey, one. Honey, I the shrunk butt. the kids. Yeah. <laughs> What's in store for Wrong for 2023 and beyond? We have begun our kind of next writing phase. Um, demos have begun <laughs> getting sent out. So writing um more videos hopefully but yeah that's that's it for me just keep just can't stop won't stop (laughs) that's the trick it's just don't stop (laughs) so it's gotta keep writing yeah videos i don't know how we're ever gonna because i what one thing about wrong too is i feel like all these things that are now like our quote-unquote brand have just sort of come so naturally and from just like the silliness, like the Nanner Worst, which is the <laughs> cover of the album Worst. I feel like I don't know how we're ever going to venture away from bananas and sausages. We will. We will. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. Yeah. yeah. And we just had like a band dinner like a year ago, like Christy made us dinner and then it was like, wouldn't it be funny if you opened a banana and it was like a sausage inside <laughs> instead of a banana? Wouldn't that be just, funny? Wouldn't that be hilarious? And then... Well, we were trying to figure that out, like, <laughs> we had most of the things, like, tracked, and we're like, what are we going to call this record? Like, what is our album art going to be? Like, what are we going to do? And then... originally, the record was going to be called Prolapse and Judgment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to think about what that album cover would look like. Just a horrifying visual. Yeah. 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 This is a better visual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, but, like, people now, they're, like, showing up to shows with, like, bananas yeah. and just, like... Like, our, our favorite yeah. person, Lance, one show brought us each a banana shaped um flask. flask oh dope with a banana themed drink like a, in it it was like a donkey kong, kong it was like, with yeah, like a cocktail in it yeah it was Sweet. like <laughs> spiced rum and banana 
creme creme de banane or whatever. <laughs> that sounds right. It's still we haven't drank. It, yeah, it, ours still, are still you full. Didn't drink it? It's still full. Oh man, we I should get like the it. next day or something. <laughs> well, the next <laughs> went out for a run. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. going on a jog, drinking my donkey. But cow. since we had that album art, I feel like both of us, all of us, have eaten at least two nanowurts. Well, we did at the record oh, release show on stage in front of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> That was but, not good. But yeah, like the so like the the album art and name all kind of came together in one dumb idea. Yeah. <laughs> like a lightning bolt. <laughs> like a lightning bolt. <laughs> but I like now uh the most recent series of posts of like be, be seeing like from the ground up like just sort of the original sketches and ideas of mm-hmm. something and then it morphing through time and what it eventually <laughs> became. We've got a couple more of those in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. The process respect the process (laughs) what local bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the show for a future episode Mm. fomites those guys are so sweet um i'm fascinated by brat boy um bella and megan's band with tony yeah Uh, they're interesting i want to know what they have to say about stuff there's also, Tony's also in another band called Pack Rat. Mm-hmm. And Sabella's in that band too. And Ripley, who Jen used to babysit. What? You used to babysit her? <laughs> I did. And uh, now I work her, with her mom. Her dad is Holly. my friend Todd. And her oh mom, Holly, God. I work with. Adorable. So. <laughs> Ripley Which was is so weird. Because I'm like yeah. 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. We're I'm like the same age. I don't know. <laughs> How can this even happen? <laughs> I'm old as a fucking hill. Um, necking are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Necking just played Commodore opening for that band, that Japanese band. that Otoboke Beaver? Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I pronounced that right. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking before Kim Mortals, the yeah, coolest Kim Mortal. human in the world. There's other, like Parlor Panther, such a great yeah, band. They're lovely. Um, Die Jobbers, yeah. super fun. Mm-hmm. Even, yeah, just like not a band, but Steve and Schaefer from Kinda Cool because they have lots of, they're talking about lots of bands all happening at the same time. Johnny Bones. Mm-hmm. Johnny Bones. <laughs> Driving his hearse. Yeah. yeah. He has a band. He's got a few bands. He does a solo bit as well, but he's got a band called Still Spirits and he does a radio show at SFU? SFU. Yeah. Isn't he also connected to Clampdown Records? Or am I thinking that's of someone Billy else? That's Billy Bone. No, I said that's Johnny. That's Billy Bones. Oh, okay. I think. No relation, <laughs> maybe, but it's yeah. the other yeah. Bone guy. Maybe his last name isn't Bones, but his first name is definitely Billy. And I taught him and his son a trumpet lesson once. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> pet Blessings. And Pet Blessings. Yeah, so we can get Emily in there. And they have. she has another band called Night Court. So anyway, there's too many people we've said now. Oh, no, it's good. Yeah, it's like solid. <laughs> Gadfly seems cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gadfly would yeah. be cool. They're up and up. Yeah. yeah. Leathers. Really interesting. Seen them lots, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ghost Meat. Ghost Meat. I love that band name. Yeah. <laughs> well, Aren't we all just Ghost Meat? meat. <laughs> <laughs> My meat is haunted as hell. <laughs> <laughs> by an old man. Get him out of there. (laughs) Well, I guess on that note. (laughs) And on a high note. Thanks again. This has been uh, really awesome. Thank Thank you you for having us. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just want to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio and on our website at pacificsoundradio.com. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. This is Impatient Zero. (laughs) 